Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honoured that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors. I have so much to say, I don't even know where to start. The very first thing that I want to say is, have you registered for the Feel Better Weekend? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on something that's pretty incredible. We have more than 25 presentations, resources. We have incredible speakers and guests who are joining us with their presentations. And it is all about how to feel better through infertility and loss. There are meditations, yoga classes. We've got hypnotherapists, therapists, coaches, all sorts of different people, all sorts of different backgrounds and demographics. And it's free. So it's from the 18th to the 20th of February. So you literally don't have that long to register, but it's a free event. And it is basically the event for 2022 for anyone with infertility and loss who feels like they might need some help emotionally. Massive event. We've already got hundreds of people who have registered. So if you would like to claim your free ticket, then you can go to feelbetterweekend.com. So feelbetterweekend.com. Don't miss the event and make sure you register. But today we are talking about the first three things that helped me feel better when I was trying to conceive. And if you've been a listener for a long time, you know my story. But if you've just joined us here on the podcast, I want to let you know a little bit about our journey, the, you know, the season of life when we were trying to conceive. And I feel old when I say this. We first started trying to conceive exactly 10 years ago. (gasps) That feels like such a long time ago, even though it also just feels like yesterday for me. Anyway, we first started trying to conceive 10 years ago after a whirlwind trip around the world. How, I mean, seems so incredible and foreign now, especially the, you know, crazy scenarios that we're living through right now. But we went, we did like two days in Florence, two days in Rome, two days in Lucerne in Switzerland, you know, five nights in Paris. And we had Christmas at Disneyland in Paris. And then we flew to the US. We had five nights in LA. Then we had four nights in New York. And we had New Year's Eve in New York. So what a bucket list thing to do. And we got back, I had turned 30 as soon as we got back or while we were on the trip. And we were like, check, we've, we've had a big trip. We had our house. We had two cats. Honestly, we had ticked, you know, the career box, all of these boxes in our lives. So time to start trying to conceive being a bit of a type A. I had checked all the boxes of all the things that I thought I needed to do. My cycle was super regular and we started trying to conceive and it just didn't happen. Two years later, we 
had been at a fertility clinic for a year. We were just going on to our first IVF cycle. I managed to get hyperstimulation, fairly decent case, seven kilos of fluid around my abdomen. And I only weighed about 54 at the time. So it was a good amount of my body. And then we sadly had a miscarriage. And I was the type of person who had grown up my entire life, number one, feeling like I needed to be a high achiever. I needed to be the one out of my sisters who was achieving the best academic results, flying high in the career ladder. I was the only one who was married. My dad, when we talk about people who say the wrong thing through trying to conceive, that was my dad. There was so much pressure from him. He all he was like all he wanted in life was to become a granddad. His brother had all these grandkids who ran around and he saw that and that's all he wanted. So to the point where he he didn't even know that we were trying to conceive, he'd be walking up to me and saying, you know that you just need to adopt a baby if you can't have a baby your own. I'd be like, oh, that hurts. Even after so many years, even after I fly this flag, I still actually feel a little bit like he is still like that. And even though I school him, he doesn't give a fuck because that's what he wants. So I feel still like that's the kind of thing he would be saying to my sisters. And it annoys me. It's just a lesson that we can't control other people and that, you know, the better we can get at how we respond and how we interpret the things that other people say, the better we can cope, survive on our journey. Because you can't, some people are just going to do what they're going to do, right? So we had this miscarriage and I was a mess. Like, I kind of want to say I was a hot mess. I, I really, that's implies like anger and all these things. And I was angry, but mostly I was broken. I just felt defeated. I felt exhausted. I felt like we had spent all this time and all this money just to experience actually the complete opposite of what we had wanted. And I didn't know what to do. I would walk around at work and I I'm generally an open book. Surely you can tell <laughs> because I have these podcasts that I'm generally pretty cool sharing my life. I could not tell people that we'd had this miscarriage. even And I was walking around work feeling though like it was written all over my face that there was something wrong. I couldn't concentrate at work. I couldn't find hope. I f just felt like I didn't know how I would navigate the next steps of my life. So that was sort of where I was at with my journey and really feeling like if, you know, infertility generally was rock bottom, the miscarriage was like negative, you know, into the molten core of the earth rock bottom. And the three first things that I did that helped me feel better are the things that I'm going to share with you today. Every time I post on my Instagram stories, I'm here for you. What questions do you have? I get really similar themes. I'm not surprised, but it's how do I cope? How do I get the strength to try again? How do I even cope with this negative test result? I've just had a loss and I'm at a loss. 
it's the same kind of feelings and the same kind of emotions, right? And so, but sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Is it meditation? Is it yoga? Is it, you know, what am I supposed to do? What can I hold on to? And the thing that I always say is, number one, it was a process. Number two, there are lots of different things that have helped me cope. And I'm actually going to release a big class soon on the three biggest mistakes I see people make and how you can steal my feel better formula. But, but here's the three things that you can, I guess, sort of start with or that helped me. And they're really tiny, minor things that take like all of a couple of seconds per day. Two of them are actually mindset, kind of mindset shifts. So the first thing that helped me cope was we took a circuit breaker. Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website at robinburken.com or on Instagram at robinburken. All right, let's get back to it. When we talk about having a break, sometimes I find that a really hard concept to get my head around. How do you take a break exactly? Surely you know exactly when you're ovulating. Surely you know, you know, you can make the choice of I'm going to have sex or I'm not going to have sex. So I wouldn't call it we took a break from trying to conceive, but we had a circuit breaker. We got away from our day-to-day routines. We did something super spontaneous And we booked this last minute trip to Lombok. And what that did was take us away from everyone's questions, take us away from work, take us away from the to-do list. And as deeply uncomfortable as it can be, I didn't immerse myself in a giant to-do list. Usually we're the people who go on holiday and we go here, then we go here, then we go here, or at least that's what we used to be. And on this trip, there was nearly nothing at all for me to do. I couldn't go shopping. I couldn't go sightseeing. There was a pool. There, you, I could get a daily massage as part of my package. I could have a little swim in the ocean. That was about it. And what that did was force me to feel my feelings. And at the same time as being able to get away from everyone's questions, do something different, not just sit there in the mud, continuing to spiral downwards. So that was the first thing. And so I guess the action point for you is, do you need a circuit breaker? Is that time off work? I know so many of us save our time off because we're like, I want to save it for when I get pregnant or when I have a baby. But honestly, feel free to take some. It's exhausting. The world is exhausting right now. So maybe you need a circuit breaker, but... Is there something that you can do that isn't just sitting around at home? Can you go somewhere? Can you learn a new class? Maybe you want to do an online art class, you know, but doing something different that is outside of your daily routine, that is outside of the pressure of all of the things that you're feeling. And, you know, if you can get away, definitely get away. I feel like most people in the world can now get away. It's just I live in Western Australia, which is presently... Uh, you have to stay in Western Australia. (laughs) Um, So the next thing that I did was I started practicing gratitude. Now, gratitude doesn't mean that I can't see 
or have to, you know, put on my blinders at all of the tough things that are going on in the world. It's absolutely not about that. But gratitude is about also being able to see the things in your life that you can be grateful for. And so it's about recognizing your blessings alongside hard seasons, hard things, hard experiences that you might be having. And it can literally shift things in our brain, the way that our brain defaults. When we can get into almost like negative thinking, always thinking the worst, always worrying, one of the only things that that does, it doesn't necessarily change the outcome of what's going to happen in your life or your scenarios, but it can start spiraling into more worry. So if we, when we practice gratitude, it's a way of shifting the negative bias that our brains have. So each night I would lie down and write down three things that I was grateful for. And I say this all the time, but don't just think of, you know, I'm grateful for my house, I'm grateful for my job, I'm grateful for my, I don't know, sisters. Think of little tiny things, different things every day and little tiny things. I'm grateful for the sun that came out today because it's been raining buckets and what is it cats and dogs for the last week I'm grateful for the hot water in my shower today I'm grateful for my warm slippers whatever it is try and find the little tiny things and all of a sudden you have this shift in your brain that rather than your brain having this negative bias and always trying to find out what's wrong your brain starts to think about okay well what is right today like what's going well for me today And that was a simple thing, but one of the most profound things that I did. The next thing that happened, possibly the most powerful one, was that I made the decision that I was important and I mattered above all else. And... I, you know, sometimes I wonder whether we say to ourselves, yep, I matter, I'm important, but we don't truly believe it and we don't truly practice it. If you were your own best asset, your, like, your mental health was something that you really valued, how would that change your life, right? If you have a broken arm, for example, you best believe it, you will go right away and get that fixed. If you have, you drop your mobile phone, you will go and get that fixed. But for some reason, when it's us, not everybody, but so many of us are reluctant to spend time on ourselves or spend money on ourselves. Like, do you ever go to the shops and feel guilty if you buy something for yourself? Do you feel guilty if you, you know, ever... I don't know, invest in something that is for your mind. Maybe it's like, I don't know, a pack of meditations. Do you ever you do you ever think twice about that? And that was something that I used to do all the time. In fact, it's still something that I practice today, you know, going to the shops and spending money on myself, buying clothes for myself and feeling zero guilt about it and thinking that I'm worth it and I deserve it and I work hard. So why can't I? And then looking at, I guess, even the money that, I spend on myself in comparison to the household. You know, I'm sure my husband thinks nothing of buying uh, a carton of beer. I know that he thinks nothing of buying new surfboards, yet for some reason as a woman, it's almost like I've been conditioned 
to put myself last. And one of the biggest shifts that I had was that I said, actually, no, I matter. And I'm going to look after myself first before my husband, before my career and my work. You know, I'm tired. I'm not going to sit and do overtime all the time just because I want to be like a model employee and get all the work done. Actually, I want to matter and I have a life, you know. I'm going to take the time off that I've accrued. If I feel sick, and in Australia we get 10 paid sick days a a year. If I feel sick, you'd best believe that I, you know, changed to start being like, actually, I'm allowed to rest. And so all of these little things, you know, if you have an action item after this is to sit and have a think about, do you put yourself first or do you put yourself last? And thinking about things like, do you take sick days from work when you are sick? Do you feel like guilty about spending money on yourself, especially when it's abstract things like your mind and your emotions, even though you might be feeling like you're pretty much at rock bottom? Do you feel guilty about buying clothes? Do you feel guilty about having time that's just for you? And for me, that was one of the biggest, most profound shifts because it then gave me permission to not do other things in order to protect myself, my mental health, and not just protect my mental health, but create wellness in my emotional health, right? You don't always need to be 100% broken to want something to be better. So those are the three things that, the three things that at first started to help me feel better. They're not major things. They're just little things. So wherever you are, if you feel like emotionally this is really, really hard, then just start somewhere. Just start even by thinking about, well, what would make this easier for me? What would help me feel better? Do I need to rest? Do I need to uh, invest in my own uh, emotional or physical wellness? Do I need some help along this journey? And that's where I would start and I would absolutely start with your daily gratefuls. Thank you so much for listening to me this episode. And if you have not registered for the Feel Better Weekend, you got to do it. It's at feelbetterweekend.com. It's on the 18th of February and make sure you claim your free ticket. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Fertility Warriors. We'll meet you again same time next week. Before you go, though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times sustainable and small steps lifestyle support helping you conquer your diet goals your movement goals cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way and lastly and what i think is most importantly emotional well-being 
Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey. And it's really hard when we haven't learned the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.